That's the way we start. Oh, good morning. My name's Tom. I'd like to welcome you to the Unity Center for Positive Living. We're glad you could join us this morning. I'd like to read to you today from today's daily word, simplicity. I pause to appreciate life's simplest blessings. Today I give thanks for this simple blessing, the small things that bring a smile to my lips and a warm feeling to my heart. A hug from a friend, a cuddle from a grandchild, or stroking the soft fur of a beloved pet. These things fill me with my awareness with love. The sudden lift I get from seeing a favorite person's handwriting in the mail, or the thrill of spotting a rainbow after a cleansing rain shower sparks lasting happiness in my heart. These things and more remind me that the true contentment is found in life's smallest moments, the everyday treasures that comprise daily life and draw me close to God. I focus on the simple blessings and grow in gratitude for my life's many gifts. Happy are those to whom such blessings fall. Happy are the people whose God is the Lord. And that's Psalms 144, verse 15. Now, please join us in singing while Matt and Beth lead us in, surely the presence.
forthcoming here, so let's join and greet our neighbors. You folks in Zoom, please wave to uh, us and we'll wave back in the camera. including grandfather's Indian Christian service, his medicine wheel teachings, and the Chinook language lessons. Also, Dr. Daria Funches um, hosting the Circle Book and Film discussions. And those go out and join weekly emails. And remember, we practice prayer, meditation, and service. service. So we want to make sure that Susan is just all full for the rest of the year of people who are doing yeah. For when? When? I don't have the calendar in front of okay. me, but you could talk to me. All right. Any other announcements? Things happening going on? Mother's Day breakfast is in two weeks. Mother's Day breakfast in two weeks. 8.30, the guys show up, 9 o'clock, the girls show up. Right. <laughs> and Joanne's not organizing. I think she's giving you hints. Well, well, we, we will. Do we have any? Okay, so the big question is, are there any requests for breakfast? Bacon. 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 <laughs> Chris. Chris, not limp. Okay. <laughs> Is this the men served the mothers? Yeah. 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 That's it. That's why they're going to get out of here. That's right. Okay. So, anything else? All right. Well, let's then join in the unit and we'll say it all together. There it is. 
We believe in our oneness with all life and the power of love. We teach universal principles and values as taught by Jesus and others, revealing the one God presence. We practice prayer, meditation, and service to be conscious of our oneness in God. And now, Matt and Becky will lead us in our song of joy, God in Everything. Ready? Yeah. If this is new to you, yeah. just listen the first yeah. time and we'll do twice on the same slide, yeah? translate the possibilities of our minds into the reality of our world. To fully awaken our power, however, requires a subtle change in the way we think of ourselves in life, a shift in belief. By the way, this is Spontaneous Healing of Belief by Greg Braden. Just the way sound creates visible waves as it travels through a droplet of water, our belief waves ripple through the quantum fabric of the universe to become our bodies and the healing, abundance, and peace, or disease, lack, and suffering that we experience in life. And just the way we can tune a sound to change its patterns, we can tune our beliefs to preserve or destroy all that we cherish, including life itself. In a malleable world where everything from atoms to cells is changing to match our beliefs, we are limited only by the way we think of ourselves in that world. 
Scientists have shown that while we may think we only are observing our world, in fact, it's impossible for us to simply watch anything. Whether our attention is focused on a quantum particle during a laboratory experiment or anything else, from the healing of our bodies to the success of our careers and relationships, we have expectations and beliefs about what we're watching. Sometimes we're consciously aware of these pre preconceptions, but often we're not. In these inner experiences that become part of what we're focused on, sorry, it's these inner experiences that become part of what we're focused on. By watching, we become part of what we're watching. That makes us all participators. The reason, when we focus our attention on a given place at a given time, we involve our consciousness. And in the vast field of consciousness, it appears that there's only no, that there's no clear boundary that tells us where we stop and the rest of the universe begins. When we think of the world in this way, it becomes clear why the ancients believe that everything is connected as energy it is. As scientists continue to explore just what it means to be participators, new evidence points to an inescapable conclusion that we live in an interactive reality where we change the world around us by changing what happens inside of us while we're watching. That is, our thoughts, our feelings, and beliefs. The implication? From the healing of disease to the length of our lives, to the success of our careers and relationships, everything that we experience as life is directly linked to what we believe. Bottom line, to change our lives and relationships, heal our bodies and bring peace to our families and nations requires a simple yet precise shift in the way we use belief. For those who accept what science has led us to believe for the last 300 years, even to consider that our inner experience can affect reality is nothing short of heresy. The very idea blurs the safety zone that has traditionally separated science and spirituality and us from our world. Rather than thinking of ourselves as passive victims in a place where, for example, things just happen for no apparent reason, such a consideration now places us squarely in the driver's seat. In this position, we find ourselves faced with undeniable evidence confirming that we are the architects of our reality. With this confirmation, we also see that we have the power to make disease obsolete and relegate war to a memory of our past. Suddenly, the key to catapulting our greatest dreams into reality is within our reach. It all comes back to us. Where do we fit into the universe? What is it that we're supposed to be doing in life? What could be more important than answering these questions, understanding the implication of this revolution for our lives and discovering what it means to us? In a world where the greatest crises of recorded human history now threaten our survival, the stakes couldn't be higher. And his last words are... In life, we find reminders of how we can share the power of our belief. Sometimes it can happen in a big way that can't be missed. And sometimes it occurs so subtly that only we will ever know. When we see other people, for example, as blossoming in their greatest strengths rather than shriveling in their occasional weaknesses, our beliefs become the seed for healing their perceptions. When we accept our own perception, instead of focusing on the inadequacies of others that others are quick to point out to us, we experience the same healing for ourselves. Our job is to look into the world for reasons to believe in ourselves. Each time we find one, it replaces the limitations that we may have held for ourselves in the past. And shatter the old paradigm of false limits and define the spontaneous healing of our beliefs. Thank you. And indeed, God is in everything. Mm -hmm. All right, then let's have Becky and Matt lead us in our meditation song, God Before Me. God before me, 
God behind me, to the left and the right. God above me, God below me, all around and inside. God before me, God behind me.
So, I want to start off with kind of a reality check, because um, at this time in our society, in our nation, I've been really, really concerned, deeply concerned about the state of the disunited states of America, and how the, there is such contention, such hatred, animosity, such violence. And just recently, I was reading um, how young people are so despondent right now, because I don't know, I guess it's a lack of hope, a lack of faith that we're going to make it through this tunnel, and uh, that we're going to come out all right. I mean, with the recession happening and the cost, the cost of living in so many factors, if you base everything out there and on what the media says and what the social media says and TikTok tells you or depicts for you, you're going to really go down that rabbit hole, right? But if you look at the truths of who we are in the universe and what we've been affirming in our ways this morning and hopefully every morning, that will give us a new look on things. But I also was prompted recently to look at, and I dug out my Old Testament um, Bible, dug out one of my Bibles. This is a working Bible. I have probably about 50 um, pieces of paper in it like that to mark things and saving things. But if you, this is the book of Lamentations, so I'm really starting out with a downer. <laughs> But this was written by Jeremiah. It's just about um, five, five chapters in the Old Testament of Jeremiah and around 600 before the common era. And here's what he says on the third chapter. So open yours to page 822. <laughs> <laughs> A little bit of humor. <laughs> <laughs> Almighty God, See my affliction, I am chastised by the rod of his wrath. He has led me, but I walked in darkness and not in light. But surely is he turned against me. He turns his hand against me all the day. My flesh and my skin he has made old. He has broken my bones. He has built ramparts against me and compressed me with bitterness and travail. Now, I read that. Because if you take this book literally, you're going to be stuck way before page 822. <laughs> way before. But in unity, we don't take it literally. We take it metaphysically. You understand what that means? Metaphysics is the, the, the study of what the meaning is behind What does that signify for us? And that's why I read it, because this, in a way, talks about today in this society we live in, where so many people are separated. Here we have a country with God-fearing Christians who are willing to kill loving human, human beings of other descriptions, other races, other denominations, other other others you know, the, the diversity. Uh, it just happens to be so. But I think the truth lies in a hope that we can move through this and find some really deep solutions 
So that's what I want to talk about. So I want to talk about how we move into some really good stuff in consciousness. One of the things I learned many years ago when I was reading Buddhist teachings, Buddha, the teachings of Buddha, not Buddhism, but Buddha, Four Noble Truths. Are you familiar with the Four Noble Truths? The Fourth Noble Truth is that life is suffering. Existence is dukkha. And that is suffering due to craving and attachment, where we're not willing to let go of our attachments, whether those attachments are people or ideas or things or money or our bodies, even, or, or say the condition of our body, you know, the condition my condition's in. So we have this, this drama uh, that goes on, but then following that fourth noble truth is the Eightfold Path, in which he describes how to move through and beyond, and that is through meditation, service, prayer, prayer meditation, service. Just to be applying our energy, applying ourselves in ways that will take the challenges we have and turn them into great opportunities that we can make a difference in our lives and move beyond. So we don't see God as, as a presence that is trying to manipulate and make things happen, make wars happen, make storms happen, make forest fires happen, and, and poverty and illness. And, and discord among couples, among families. But we see God as a divine mind, in a universal mind, a universal presence that is the whole universe. It is, that's God. This is God. We're in God always. And God is in us always. The breath of life is God breathing through us and manifesting through us. Thoughts are things. It's an idea that Charles Fillmore gave us about a hundred years ago. Thoughts are things. And those thoughts are so important. What do we hold on to in our mind? That includes our, our imagination and includes our, our emotions, our feelings, and our beliefs, our attitudes, and our opinions. Thoughts are things. So I was reading another thing recently uh, from Eshwan. I read daily meditation from him. And he was talking about how, uh, think about a train station. So have any of you ridden much public transportation? Buses, trains, planes, ferry boats, what other kinds of public transport? But public transportation. Um, think about it as when you go into a terminal, um, there are reader boards. And one is arrivals. And the other is departures, right? And the arrivals are all of those inputs that we have constantly. We have millions of inputs. That's one thing Greg Brayton talked about when I first met him years ago. They all of these impressions, inputs that we have in our life that are constantly bombarding us from the media, from people around us, and things around us. The whole, you know, not not even to talk about the physics of uh, what is it? Zutrons or I can't think of the word, but anyway, it's we have all of these impressions, and then and then what we put out, our thoughts and the words and actions, our feelings, our emotions, attitudes and opinions, that's the departures. So I was thinking about this public transportation, and I've had in my life and my work, I've had a couple of occasions to live elsewhere. One was living in Tokyo. And the other, there's a lot of, tra of public transportation, riding the trains, the buses, and all that. And, and it was really fabulous, really fascinating. I'll tell you, 49 years ago, I had a job in Tokyo where I was teaching. And I was going for my first day of work. And we lived about, we had an apartment in Lokujo, just about a block or less than a block from the train station. This was the the uh, Toyoko Sin, the to Tokyo Yokohama elevated train, like the L in Chicago, elevated train line 
that goes from Tokyo Shibuya Station to Yokohama. And I got all ready to go to my first day of work. I probably had on a suit and, and you know, it was like April, it was warm and sunny in Tokyo. And I was just sweating and uncomfortable. I had overdone it, you know, again. And uh, I went to the train station and got a ticket, went up onto the platform, which was about, oh, I would say probably this wide and probably five or six times as long or the width of this build, of this room and it was full of people it was packed there were two or three hundred people the train came in from yokohama and everybody that could got on board and they had an attendant at each door i called the pushers and they would push bodies into the car so they could get their doors closed and push limbs in with the bodies so they could really get the doors closed. And then it took about five minutes. And I was just so stunned. I just, I just sat down. Like, <laughs> what? Can you imagine? I'd been living in Olympia before going. And then just in a few, a couple months before we actually left, we were living in an in a unfinished cabin out on, Steam, off Steamboat Island Road above uh, Worcester Bay. And then we took two weeks, we went to Hawaii. We stayed in Hawaii, you know, just had all this aloha and all this incredible, peaceful, mellow time. And here we were in Tokyo, 13 million people, which was the largest city in the world at the time. And I was stunned. And the second train that came in, I didn't get up. I just sat there and watched in my state of stupor. I don't know what it was or what the right, the right word was, but I was just out of it. Finally, I was able to get up and get up by the door. And when it opened and one person stepped off and about 50 people ran onto the car. I got in there early enough where I didn't have to be pushed in, but I was pushed. We were standing there. right. That is, have you ever had that experience? Yeah. Have you ever had that experience where, and, and, and what I'm tell, talking about, now metaphysically, have you ever had that experience where you get caught in a world of thought or attitudes or opinions or, or emotions that, that carries you along? Have you had that happen? I mean, or think about things that have happened in your life that have, that have, that have impacted you. I think about things that have affected me, like when President John Kennedy was assassinated, or when Martin Luther King was assassinated, or Robert Kennedy, or other people, or presidents that were elected or or not elected. Those feelings that get you know, get caught up in, or or even like when I was in high school, you know, we'd go to the state basketball tournament, right? We would be just hoping and praying for our team. God help us to make that last, you know. I don't think God goes through those games. I don't think God plays those games. And the, 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 literal, the literal impact of the Bible always t tends to give us the impression that, yeah, God, God is on our side, yes. But God's on everyone's side. In reality, God is, there's no side. It's like the, the, the um, mystical idea that God is a circle whose center is everywhere and her circumference is nowhere. It's like now here, nowhere and now here. So here we are dealing with this. Have you ever had the feeling that your life was like the game of shoots and ladders? You know, you're going go a little, just step up in life, whether it's in business, finances, or a relationship, and then all of a sudden there's a shoot. You're going down. Have you? Or am I the only one in the room who's felt that way? It's like that's where we get our growth. It's where we're dealing with those changes that we don't seem to have control of, which most of life is. <laughs> we're not controlling 
what's going on. We are able to choose, though, how we think and how we, what our feelings are. We can put ourselves into a state of mind that gives us that ability. Thoughts are things. And as we learn to deal with that better and better, it makes a huge difference. So one of the other teachings that Charles Fillmore gave us, and that was during the Depression, the Great Depression of the 1930s, um, he wrote about substance. Are you familiar with substance, metaphysical idea of substance? And that is, with a I always use a capital S, substance. And the substance is the basic idea of, of the um, subatomic particles that make up life, make up stuff. All the stuff of the universe is made up of substance. So what, when we take our thoughts, we are forming and working with substance all the time. And what I like to do is find examples of how that's proven or how that's working out in people's lives or even in science. And I found one about this, about substance. And that is 10 years ago, um, are you, do you remember the God particle? Did I talk of the God particle in the Higgs boson particle? It was awarded 10 years ago as a, the Nobel Prize in Physics to prove that these the subatomic stuff is what mass is made of. Now, my Roman Catholic friends and and relatives are love this because you know without without the God particle there is no mass, and they go to mass every Sunday. <laughs> I like to go too. It's it's quite quite insightful for me, and sometimes, most of the time, quite enjoyable, because I'm with a, a group a group of people that are truly in their place of devotion, and I love that, whether it's in, in Bellevue, or in Oaxaca, or in Lisbon, or wherever I've been able to step in and, and witness and participate that, with them. So that was in 2013. So our feelings and our thoughts and our attitudes are very significant in how we move forward with substance and make our life. You know, it expresses through life. That's one thing when, when um, it was so popular about oh, 2006 with the, the Secret, when The Secret came out, and it talked about the law of attraction and how we are, it's like we are a magnet. And we're attracting, it's almost like, you know, a magnet, we're attracting all this stuff. But to me, and my understanding is we don't attract it. Yeah, we do, we can. But really, we manifest it. It expresses through us the divine essence. It, it doesn't, it's not like a, you know, not, we don't hold up a magnet and all of a sudden, blah, 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 it all comes to us like, like a magnetic pulse. But, but we express it. We give, give somehow, we give, that consciousness flow moving in us and through us makes a huge difference in our life and in our world. So given that, I have a question for you. Why do we love? Do I have any takers? It's who we are. Huh? It's who we are. You know, I asked my best friend that yesterday, and that's what she said. That's who we are. Any others? Why do we love? Feels good. Feel good. Yeah. It's unnatural. It's unnatural. Yeah. And they all, they are all yes. We love because we love. Because that's who we are. Because that's what we are. That's what we are here for. Not just in this room. But on this planet, in this lifetime, we are here to love and to give expression to that that wonderful that wonderful practice of love. So I'm glad that you read Greg Greg's um, writing today because he talked about quantum several times. <clears throat> and just recently, I think in the last year or two, a Nobel 
prize in physics was given to three physicists for their idea of quantum entanglement. Did you get that? Did you, did you read about that? Quantum entanglement is quite similar to that. And that, that is that <clears throat> all particles in the universe are entangled. All particles in the universe are entangled. All particles and all people, all beings, all stuff, all things, we are all in relationship. No matter how much we deny it, no matter how much we are afraid, all the people that we judge, we are in relationship with them. All the people we get upset with, we are, we're entangled with them. Why else would we get upset? So our <laughs> thoughts, our things, our love is who we are. Let's put them together and find ways to make a difference in our life and our consciousness. Bringing together substance, thought, and love. Love not just as a thought. Oh, I will think loving thoughts, and I will give loving thoughts to that person or that condition. No. Energy. Attitude. Belief. Opinion. Give it all. Give who you are, what you are. Give it expression. Daily Word, five weeks ago, March 24th, said this. My prosperity only increases when I share generously, giving freely, with joy. Let's others know that I don't fear scarcity. Scare city, you know, scare city. I don't fear scarcity more than charity. I share my prosperous attitude <clears throat> in addition to my material goods. I'm in the flow of God, trusting I will have everything I need when I need it. This is perhaps the greatest gift I have to give. Trust in the law of giving and receiving and faith in God as a source of every good thing. I'm grateful for all I have. So we don't put our faith in TikTok. We don't put our faith in the media or in social media. We put our faith in the universe and the universal love flowing through us to give an expression who we are, what we are. I like soccer, and um, my son likes it even more. He's been staying with us for, for a while, and he likes to watch it whenever it's being broadcast. And there's a player, he was in Liverpool up until last year, and now he's playing in uh, Bayern Munich, Saudio, Saudio Mane. He's from Senegal. And he makes so much money, millions and millions, millions of dollars every year. And um, he was questioned by the media, like, if you're so, why do you have an old iPhone with a cracked lens on it? And his response was brilliant. He said, I don't need 15 watches and two jets and, and a Ferrari and, a, and all of those things to show off my wealth. I grew up working in the field. I couldn't go to school. Um, and I played barefoot when I started playing football. And now he's playing in, in, in the top tier level of universal, or, or, I mean of world football. But he, what he does is he gives money. He gives away money to people. He gives away money to build hospitals, to build schools, and one stadium they even helped build, but, but to, to truly give back to his own people, because he probably would see himself in those people, see himself in, in everyone. Another person of note that I really appreciate is Vincent Van Gogh, you know, the artist, the impressionist artist, was famous because he cut off his ear and committed suicide, so they say. But you know, Vincent Van Gogh was an assistant minister. Originally, he was he was following in his father's footsteps. He was a Protestant minister in Holland, and Vincent went to London and served. But his job was to collect on the the uh, tuition for families whose children went to school, 
because you know they didn't have public school so i don't think so he that was his job but what he did was he found that some of those families could not afford to pay the tuition and feed their kids so guess what he let them on he let them work it out you know take care of your family take care of first things first and you know what that got him fired he lost his job and his dad was so upset with him he rejected it so he went back to holland Vincent did went back to holland and then then he got another job as an a, a, a assistant minister working in um belgium in a mining community and his job then was to to minister to the miners and he went down in the mines with him he sometimes invited people to his home gave them clothing well guess what got invited because he was trying to live and express the teachings the principle of who we are of love love one another as i have loved you stuff like that you know silly little silly little things that people kind of disregard as oh that's nice but well let's take care of business first so we have these these dilemmas thoughts are things substance is real and su substance and love work in our life and they work together so everything everywhere we are and that's all there is any questions i'll take after the okay. but let's get ready now for meditation i i don't like to go into to right away but what i would like you to do is to sit up straight if you're sitting and take a deep breath not just one just keep breathing breathe and relax and let it out Allow yourself to move into the silence. Allow yourself to relax in the silence. For the silence is not emptiness, it is fullness of spirit, it is a presence. <coughs> so thoughts that you have in your mind, just let it go on, just let it pass, don't hold on to that. Relax. Breathe. And as you breathe, nice and easy, allow yourself to open your heart. Open your heart in the silence and let it in with every breath and let it out with every exhale. Breathe out that love that is within you, that is you. And as you do, breathing love, think of those people important to you, family, and all your relations. 
And some of them may be hurting right now. Some may be dealing with some kind of an illness, challenge, condition. Breathe love to them. Bless them with that love. A divine presence in them and around them. It's, it's connected, it's in direct relation with the divine presence in and around you, around us. We thank you, Lord of Love, for blessing us, all our relations, friends, family. And for this time, to be together to celebrate, honor, and to be connected, to be divinely entangled. Because thanks in all of thy holy names. Amen. Now, while we are here together in spirit, physically and virtually, I want to thank everyone who has donated to Unity and our center by mail. We appreciate any checks sent to the church at 800 South Pearl Street, Centralia 98531. You can also donate online by clicking on the donation tab on our website at unityofcentralia.net. We also appreciate all of the ways that you give of your time, your talent, your treasure, and your love. Now, let's hold our offerings in our hands or in our hearts and say our offering prayer together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, all that I receive, and all that I am. Continuing with our blessing of thanks, we bless these gifts and send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. We have to give them first. I would have to give them first. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So this is what you get from having a, a substitute speaker here. Yeah. All right. So let's continue. We bless these gifts and send them forth to heal, bless, and prosper. They are evidence of our faith and belief. They do good work in the world and return to us multiplied abundantly. And so it is. Now, if you would like to focus our collective group healing energy for someone, please raise your hand, unmute, and tell us who it is, or hold them quietly in your heart. Members of our community have requested that we send out healing prayers and energy to all of the children, women, men, and animals displaced by war, 
the members of our community while living without a home, to all the people affected over the last three years by the pandemic that has ravaged our society, to the, the families that are dealing with um, other members who may be involved in long COVID, and for all of the people who know others who are entangled with the lives of all of the people on the planet as we went through this period. And for these and all, let us join together in our healing prayer. Beloved Mother, Father, God, we ask for the highest and greatest good for all and endeavor to see them through your eyes, knowing all is in divine order. Amen. And then let's say our prayer of protection together. The light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. And let's form a circle, join hands in the sanctuary and in Zoom land, and let's sing our song of peace. Now feel free to turn on gallery view if you're in Zoom so you can see all of us singing and all of the people all over the planet joining us. Yeah, we are one. We are one. We are entangled. <laughs> and thank you to all the people who made our Zoom service is. possible, of course. Becky Thatcher, Matt Corey for their incredible music. Reverend John Wingfield for his inspired teaching and Joanne Cobbs for her blessed reading. As always, our stalwart production staff of Johnny Troy, any of you knows that. Susan Finley for creating a service for folks far and near. Please stay after and join us in our fellowship time. Next Sunday, we'll be taught and blessed by Dr. Daria Funches as she continues in her series this year, Embrace Spiritual Destiny 2023.